You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. All right, we are recording. I'm looking at my red light on my little recorder here, and it says we're good to go. Listen, this is episode 110. Sounds kind of like a milestone. I mean, 100 is definitely a milestone. 110 is really not. Actually, I gave it more than two seconds of thought and realized it's not a milestone. For me, it seems hard to believe. It doesn't seem like 110 episodes. Well, we only do one a week, but... 110 is a lot. Only one a week makes it even harder to I'm believe. I'm trying to think almost. of anything that I've committed myself longer to other than the Lord and my wife and my current job. <laughs> well, that's a few three things, things already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, 110 episodes. And those who've been with us since day one, thank you. I don't know exactly who you are because when we look at analytics, we can't put we can't put names with data. Names it's with just numbers. Data. Yeah, or data if you're from up north. Data or data. Let's do that. There are some words that are said differently with our friends from north, north of the border. Yeah. Data I, is one of them. They, they say data. But yeah. I feel like sometimes in my life, I probably say data. I have nothing wrong with data, but I think I say data. The one I think of, there's a couple words that you've told me that they say differently. One being asphalt. They don't say asphalt. Yeah. It's it's like A-S-H for them. Asphalt. Felt. Like. Like a felt board, you know, if you're in children's church and you're learning about uh, Jonah and the whale, a felt board, ash felt. Hi. How about garbage disposal? What do they call that? They call those garburators. <laughs> Talk about my Canadian in-laws a lot here. Um, garburators. Yep. And I'm like, oh, that's like, that's cute. They're like, oh, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I call it a garbage disposal <laughs> or an incinerator. Yeah. yeah, I think I that think might that's be a, a brand. That's a brand. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Garburator, but some just like, yeah, I'm trying to think of other ones like Data. Um, ooh, I, nothing's coming to the top of my head. If you think of one mid-podcast, just go for it. I will. Adult. That's adult. what they sell. sell. <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> um, <laughs> not adult. They say adult. Adult. Yeah. I say vehicle. I had a little bit of hick in there. Vehicle? I don't say vehicle. vehicle. I say vehicle. Oh, uh, I say both. If I'm thinking about what I'm saying, which doesn't happen a lot, apparently, <laughs> I say vehicle. But other than that, it's just vehicle. All right. Well, with that, we're going to get on the vehicle of this podcast and get in because there's a lot I want to share. I didn't know I was going to have this much material. This came out of my personal study time. I didn't want to necessarily study this subject. I'm going through the Bible in a year. Actually, I'm a couple of days behind, so I'm going to catch up. You might need to spend a weekend. I need to spend a little bit more focused time, and I've really enjoyed it. I have been reading out, a different, out of a different translation. I've been reading out of the New English translation, which shout, okay. shout out to former student, Kara Keithley. Her father helped work on this uh, yes. translation. Yes. Ton of footnotes. I really enjoy it. I want, at the end of my yearly Bible reading to get a paper version of the Bible, full notes edition. And I want to send it to Paul's leather and get it done nice and official because I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Paul's leather is great. I'm about 10 books in about, about 10 books in, I still have a long ways to go. I didn't start at the beginning of the year. I started later on. So that's all right. I started maybe like March. I did. I didn't start. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I, I read my Bible, but I haven't made it a point to read it front you, to cover. Any I don't know if I'll do it again, but I've been enjoying the process this time. But I got to Matthew 23, and Jesus starts doing the woes. Woes. Woes to the Pharisees. Woes to the scribes. So what I'm talking about are the signs you might be a secret Sadducee and a practicing Pharisee. Ooh. So listen, none of us have phylacteries. Those are boxes. Maybe there is an Orthodox Jew who's listening to this podcast. I can't say <laughs> none of us have phylacteries or tassels from our prayer shawls. And yeah. There are some people. I know my wife's uh, ex-boyfriend, he had a cousins that believed that they were Spaniards who were also Jewish. Oh. This wasn't necessarily founded upon anything, but they were very confident in it. And I had one of those cousins actually in boys club before I met my wife in the wow. public school. And he would wear a kippa, a yarmulke yeah. every day to school. And he would always have tassels coming off his jeans. Hispanic kid. He was wow. hardcore into it. So there are some people, even in our community, who still practice some of these things. Hey, you know who the saddest people in the Bible were? With Sadducees, because they were... <laughs> they were sad, you see. <laughs> ah, I was hoping that joke would come out in this oh, yeah. podcast. You know it. I did a little bit of research on some differences between Sadducees and Pharisees, uh, because to be honest, I didn't really know big difference other than they were legalistic, both of them. And Jesus wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of this group, nor were they a fan of Jesus. Pharisees were passionate about the written law, but also the oral law. Sadducees were just passionate about the written law. They didn't necessarily believe the oral law was also stock and barrel take it. They didn't believe it was also gold. What the Sadducees were passionate about were the temple. They believed the path to perfection and rightness with God was all about temple sacrifices. Pharisees believed that it was all about the law, written and spoken. Pharisees were more middle-class people. Sadducees were upper echelon. Uh, yeah. They probably had Prada. Let's just say Prada? That. Prada. They probably had some <laughs> Gucci belts. I don't know. I'm just being playful to catch your attention. Maybe you were dozing off. Maybe you thought this was boring. Why am I talking? And then I brought up Gucci and Prada and your and you attention up. is back. You perked up. In. The Pharisees were more popular because... There were a bunch of synagogues. Once the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, it's kind of hard to be passionate about the temple when there isn't one. <laughs> but it makes you wonder, was this just a group of people that were around back then that we no longer have in this section of scriptures on woe to the Pharisees? It doesn't apply to us. Well, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were passionate about the letter, the legalism, but there's still a spirit of legalism that can flow through all of us. And I saw this quote, uh, somebody said, have you ever wondered what a church full of Pharisees would be like? Number one, they would all attend every service. Number two, they would all tithe. Number three, they would all work in the church. Number four, they would all go to hell. Ouch. Whoa. I was kind of, I was on board with going to church all the time. <laughs> exactly. So Jesus is going to say this in one spot. You go, well, am I, should I not go to every service? You might not need to go to every service, but you should go to church. Should I not tithe? No, you should tithe. Should you serve? Absolutely. Jesus would say, you shouldn't stop doing these things, right. but you should also do these things. That's, yeah, that's what he, I'll let you get into We're going to get into it. I'll it's let you get in into it. That's what he said. Let's jump into the first one. The first thing that I notice that might be a sign that we have some Phariseeism. Is that a word? 
Phariseeism is, it is, is for a word this podcast. now. Yeah, <laughs> Phariseeism is a word. That sounds like a rap. You say the right thing, but you do the wrong thing. Jesus said to the crowds and to the disciples, the experts in the law and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, pay attention to what they tell you and do it, but not do what they do, for they do not practice what they teach. Have you ever had a figure that was in authority over you say, hey, do what I say, not what I do? I believe I've said that to a few <laughs> youth students. Well, yeah, we're going to be honest. That's why this is relevant, right? Yeah. Because even we practice certain things. But let me ask you this. Why would someone follow our advice when we don't even follow it ourselves? Uh, ooh, I can't answer that. And how about Ralph Waldo Emerson's quote? Yeah. We've heard this quote. Your actions speak so loudly, I cannot hear what you're saying. And that's true. I mean, we are faith people. I'm I'm come from the word of faith background. You come from the word of faith background. Words are important. Words yeah. are extremely important. How do we get for every person who goes, "Oh, come on, name it and claim it." How are you confident that you're saved? Yeah. I'm, I'm, you believe in your heart, you spoke yeah, with your mouth. Yeah. If it's true for the utmost highest thing we could ever possess and attain. Right. Wouldn't we live by it as well? Sure, words are important, but if our faith moves our mouth, it should also move our hands and our feet. So the first sign that you might be a secret Sadducee or a practicing Pharisee is that we say the right thing, but we don't do it. Number two, we require more of others than we do of ourselves. Jesus said, they tie up heavy loads, hard to carry, and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing even to lift a finger to move them. You've said this. You can't mandate what you aren't willing to model. Yeah. Probably did a, you know, not exact word for word statement of that, but it's pretty close. Isn't yeah. that the thought that, of that's it? That's it. That's why I kind of changed it up. So I just say, you can suggest what you might somewhat practice. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm just oh, that's kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can't mandate what you can't model. That's the so quote. again, this is similar. Jesus is going through the same thought, but follow the rules you require. Yeah. Don't set values you don't value. And this is something from this church, something that we chew on. Uh, many people who listen to this podcast know that we have core values here at the church. I'm not going to get through all of them because I got a lot to get through here. But how do you know what you value? Because you, you do it. You practice it. You say it. Yeah, you give your time. You oh, give your sorry, attention. Yes, you give your yes. resources. I That's set what you, you up, were looking man. for. Sorry. I set you up, but it's okay. And the way I remember that is it's like where the rubber hits the pavement, tar. Time, yeah. attention, resources. Ooh. You give your time, attention, and resources to it. So if you value it, you say you value it, actually value it. Yep. Don't require something you haven't done or aren't willing to do. You know, I, I've thought of that sometimes when people are under me, sometimes I don't even like giving certain people tasks, but then I remember I've done this task and I'm still, if I had to do it, willing to do it. The thing is, are you being passionate for somebody to do something that you would never find yourself doing or have never done in the past? Not a good spot to be. And I thought of this as I was studying for this. God requires all of us. He does. It's, we're in a covenantal relationship, all of us. But here's the thing. He gave all of himself. Uh -huh. He's not asking something of us that he wasn't willing to give. Pharisees and Sadducees sometimes require more of others than they do of themselves. Number three, they love to be seen, 
love to be honored and love titles. Jesus said, they do all their deeds to be seen by people for they make their phylacteries. We talked about that. Those are the little boxes that they carried around that had the word of God in them. They make their phylacteries wide and their tassels long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogue and elaborate greetings in the marketplaces and have people call them rabbi, but you are not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. This is a statement of humility. So my favorite quote on humility is one by C.S. Lewis, author of Mere Christianity, Chronicles of Narnia. I've read none of those. But I've appreciate. I've, I've read all of them except mere Christianity. Awesome. Have you read The Great Divorce? No. And then I think he has some other ones. Um, he has a lot of books. He he's a harder author to understand when you read like That's mere why Christianity. I stick to his children's novels. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but he has a quote on humility, and he says, "Humility isn't thinking less of yourself; it's thinking of yourself less." Yeah. So. That's why I think Jesus was bringing attention to the legalistic pride that these people have because they're thinking about themselves a lot. They're, they want people to think of them. It's a pride issue. Here's another Ralph Waldo Emerson quote. I like it. A great man is always willing to be little. And if you're totally wrapped up in yourself, that's a small package. So is it wrong to be called pastor this or doctor this? I don't think it is, but here's a distinction I think that will help us. Are we having to present ourselves in that way or are people recognizing it? Right. I was going to say a title that's given to you because somebody gives you that place in their life. I mean, you can be a pastor of a church and and not be you know, 80% of that church's pastor. Because they haven't given you that place. And you can you can argue all day long whose fault it is that you know they need to honor the gift and respect the gift, but you need to be giving them something that is honorable and respectable. But yeah, if that's a title that people give you because they got a revelation in their heart. Yeah. But if you put printed on your business card everywhere you go, inherently or, that's not wrong. Let's but. be a little <laughs> less professional about this. And I'm not being critical of anyone, but there are some people on Facebook that they put Pastor Thomas so-and-so on their Facebook profile. Yeah. I don't know if I would do that. I'm not a pastor. But, you know, if if you put Thomas McKean, and then, you know, everyone around you knows you as Pastor yeah. Thomas McKean, they'll comment Pastor Thomas McKean. Yeah. But are you having to go, hey, 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 this is who I yeah. am. And then what's going on in your heart? You know, when people right. call you that, is that the highlight of your day? Is it the highest thing to you when you're recognized? Again, I'm not asking you to raise your hand for multiple reasons. I'm not there to see it. And you're probably listening to this while yeah, you're driving. Yeah. So keep both hands on the wheel. <laughs> you don't have to be transparent to me right now, but look at your heart. Are these yeah. things, I know for me sometimes, those those moments really mean a lot to me when people are like, whoa, whoa, look, it's John or this. Yeah. My, I get puffed up. Yeah. Well, even if you're, even in like the business world, if you're a CEO or you're a coup, you know, a COO or a CFO or any of those titles that we've made up throughout society to make people feel important, if that's what matters to you, then you're finding your identity in a title, in a, in a temporary, in a temporary thing. So, and we get confused in the, in the Christian world because like pastoral stuff is, it, that's good. It's mentioned in the Bible and we think like, you know, it's not as hard to, it's, it's 
harder to think that finding your identity in your pastoral role is wrong, but it is. Your identity is 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 Jesus. And I've been in I've been in big rooms with very important people with Pastor Mark, and they've asked him to introduce himself, and he goes, "My name's Mark." And people have to actually pry a little bit to see what he's doing or to see, you know, what he does. I just literally just said the same thing twice. That's okay. <laughs> see what he's doing? No. See what he does. Barely, barely. When barely, you say it barely. twice, it's more important, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I don't know if we need to go deeper. No, no. It's just thoughts rolling around in the head. And I was thinking this. Uh, what was the little box on there? Factories. Yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you clarify that because it sounds like something that your body does like in the endocrine system or something like that your phylacteries like, are acting why you up. go to the doctor today i gotta get the good guys i gotta get my phylacteries drained <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right that's funny let's look at the next one refuse to grow keep others from growing but woe to you experts in the law and you pharisees hypocrites you keep locking people out of the kingdom of heaven for you neither enter nor permit those trying to enter hmm. to go in. Makes me think of how this stands in stark contrast to a great biblical example of leadership in Joshua. Joshua went into the promised land and he also took people into the promised land yeah. and helped divide up their portion of the promised land. Are we going into the things God's called us to go into? Are we? I mean, and that's, again, you don't have to be transparent to me. God's calling you somewhere. God's God's putting on your heart. He's putting things in your heart for you to move forward in life. First person any of us should lead is ourselves. Are we going on the path with God? Are we moving forward in the direction that he's leading us to go? And I know there's been moments in my time, I'll be transparent vulnerable here where I feel like I should be doing something. And then somebody who maybe in natural terms you go is under me does the thing that I feel like I should be doing and is successful in it, but I mm. haven't done because of fear, indifference, apathy. And then I've had the temptation to go up like, Hey, Hey, settle down. You don't have to yeah. do that. <laughs> right. Now, is that for their betterment? No. Is that for my betterment spiritually, eternally speaking? Absolutely not. Yeah. My temporary um, satisfaction? Yeah, that's the only thing it helps. Mm. And come on, I've talked about how this has happened in my life. Maybe you've experienced similar things that don't get too wild about that. Come on, stay here. Don't, we don't need any heroes. Why are you moving <laughs> forward in that area? That's true. Man. Signs we might be a secret Sadducees or practicing Pharisees. Makes me think that people around us, if we're at the top, if we're and been given by God or our bosses, leaders, pastors, authority over an area, where we cap ourselves is where we'll cap other people. And I think that's why Craig Grishel says when the leader gets better, everyone gets better because you're no longer saying, hey, 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 here's a lid of who I am and where I'm at. Now you guys all need to stay at this level. When we get better, we give other people permission to be better. Be That's like good. Joshua. Don't be like a Pharisee. That's good. All right, next one. Disciples follow after us and fall into our sins. 
Jesus, carrying on the same thought, said, Woe to you, experts in the law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites! You cross land and sea to make one convert, and when you get one, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. So we sometimes go, man, I just want someone to follow me. Listen, that shouldn't be the heart of any of us. As disciples of Christ, we're not trying to gather disciples unto ourselves. We're trying to have the heart of Paul. What was the heart of Paul? Follow me me as as I I follow follow Christ. Christ. If people end up following us, then we've missed it all along. Right. Man, I'm just doing exactly what you're doing. Well, if what I'm doing is spending time with Christ, so he's spending time with Christ, that's a good thing. If he's wearing ultra running shoes because I wear ultra running shoes and it has nothing to do with Christ, then that's not what discipleship is. I had a kind of a wake up call in this area when I was heavily involved in youth um, as a leader and then as the the main leader. you know, kids a lot of times would be, it's very easy to have kids just drawn to you. And so sometimes you'd have kids and they go, are you going to be a youth this week? And you'd say, no. And they go, okay, well, I'm not coming. And you realize, wow. I mean, whether unintentional or not, like these kids are here for me. So I need to figure out how to get these kids on board with Christ and what's going on here at the youth group is, um, you know, when leadership changes, you know, and then some people stop coming and then you realize like, Oh, they were, they were literally coming. I was again, either intentional or unintentional fought leading people to me. Exactly. Sucks. Really sucks. Well, eternally it sucks temporarily again in natural terms. It's like, nice man. They want to be like me. I'm the reason they're coming here. There's a part in our flesh. If we're being real and honest, again, don't raise your hands cause you're driving. Or maybe you're on the elliptical at the gym. You need that and support. But we know that we've possessed these things in our natural flesh. We pre-produce who we are, not who we want to be. So no matter what we are, if we're passionate about Christ, most likely those people following us, they'll be passionate about Christ. If we're just passionate about recognition, attention, and adoration from others, those people are just going to not follow Christ and imitate us. Yeah. Next one, neglect what is important and focus on what is secondary. Jesus said, woe to you experts in the law and you Pharisees, hypocrites. He just keeps repeating the same thing. You give a tenth of mint, dill, cumin, yet you neglect what is more important in the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have done these things without neglecting the others. So what's the deal with the dill, mint, and cumin? I've always wanted that. I kind of just read through it. Like, oh, that must not be good. I don't know. Different context. But you were required to tithe during the law of your field. For right. example, Wayne Pollard and his hay fields would have to bring in a section of his yeah. hay here so to the church. there'd be food in the house. Man, here in Western Colorado, we'd the have temple. a lot of hay. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. They were tithing from their gardens as well. So like right. they had a little tiny herb garden and they're like, okay, well, th- if that's true, I definitely should also tithe of my dill, mint, and cumin. Right. So what I think of when I think of this is when God tells you to forgive. Like, oh, man, I got to forgive that terrible perspective. So instead of forgiving, you give an extra 10% in right. the offering. Well, it's, it's funny because like the new law was not established yet. Obviously, so Jesus is still encouraging them in the old law, but he's he's prompting them. The reason why it's so easy for them to give an extra tenth is because that's a work of the flesh. Forgiveness is a work of the heart. 
well said. Way harder to do, right? The whole concept of oh, to obey is better than sacrifice. There it is. With Saul, it's the same action. It's like, ah, man, this is really a decision that's causing some turmoil in my heart and in my mind. I don't really, I'll just make a sacrifice. I know that what I did was wrong, but I'll just do an extra work of the flesh and God will be all right with it. Right? That's why we moved. I mean, that's not the only reason why we moved away from the old law, but in some ways, the 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 new covenant is way harder to live by on your own, right? Because it's all about intentions and motivations within. Because people on the outside, it's like great they gave an extra tenth. They 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 fulfilled the law. They're doing everything great, right? And again, Jesus with the rich young ruler, that was a hard issue too. He goes, "I've done everything." I've fulfilled all the things of the law. What, what else must I do? And he goes, sell all you have, give it to the poor. It sounds like an act of the flesh, but it was really something that was still blocking him, locking him up in the heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but. You're, you're being real. Yeah. That's all the same thought. I think yeah. what you shared was Jesus, even under the old law, was making a transition yeah. into what is to come, which is I the should have law. stopped there. It was really nice. It was always nice. Man. Well, thank I'm you. thankful for thank this you. podcast. That's why people listen, how we interact <laughs> together. There's things that are easier for us. I know there's been times where I am more of a demonstrative and extroverted person. I currently don't get too embarrassed by certain actions. So I know where God will be like, hey, I need you to work through this and repent in this area. And I go, I'll shout during worship louder this time. Right. Well, shouting during worship is great. Running around the building if he leads you to is great. But doing more of something that's great when you're not doing what is best right. is not beneficial. Here's a natural example. It's leg day. I'm not going to do legs, but I'll do another set of bench. <laughs> I'll do a few more curls in the squat rack <laughs> and take everybody off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Too close to home. All right. Let's do the next one. We're getting this is almost good. done. This is good. Work from the outside instead of the inside out. Jesus said, woe to you experts in the law and you Pharisees, you guessed it, hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup so that the outside may become clean too. Woe to you experts in the law and you Pharisees, hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs that look beautiful on the outside but inside are full of the bones of the dead and of everything unclean. Imagine that was, that's the first time you ever heard that diss. That would hurt. It seems like it was premeditated. Dude, he was working that up, dude. <laughs> He's like, next time I see him, I got this, this, and this to just drop. Uh, I don't know if that's true, Lord. I, we're, we're being playful. Hopefully you're okay with that. I don't know if you are or not. I'm just being vulnerable again on the podcast. Would we rather look good than be good? Yeah. If I we mean, could look good and people would be satisfied, would we rather have a bad side to us? Yeah. Again, keep your hand on the elliptical yeah, and the steering the wheel. I'm not asking you to be no, so that Here's a question for the guys here. It's like, would you rather look strong or be strong? Oh, that's it. Because a lot of times it's like, man, I, I, I kind of want to look, look, look strong. Would but, you rather look healthy right, or actually be healthy? be healthy? Right. One of them is actually beneficial. The other one is, is vainglorious. Keep going. Our faith is stronger than just fooling people. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of Oof. us would love to just use our faith to, to, the, fool to the aspect of as long as they think I'm super passionate about this, as long as they think I believe it, it's good enough for me. Oof. Your faith is stronger than just fooling people. Yeah. 
Oof. I'm just going to move on to the next one. <laughs> I know. All right. Say you that. advertise what you do not have. Jesus said, in the same way, on the outside, you look righteous to people, but inside you are full of hypocrisy. Ooh, said that roughly. <laughs> hypocrisy. Said it like a Canadian. And lawlessness. <laughs> and I think this is an interesting point. I'm just going to read this verse again. In the same way, on the outside, you look righteous to people, but inside you are full of hypocrisy. Redemption. I said it right. And lawlessness. We go, hey, hey, why are you teaching on religiousness, man? We have lawlessness that's abounding. We need people. People need to swing the pendulum back to being more religious. Well, these religious people, Jesus actually said we're lawless. Mm. The people who are most passionate about the law, Jesus just literally said that inside they're full of lawlessness. Mm. Say law on that. Chew on that one. Say law. What I think of when I think of this is the Wizard of Oz. Advertising what you don't have, right? Yeah. Do not mind the man Man behind behind the the curtain. curtain. Yeah. You people will come to you for answers, and then when it comes time, and you've drawn all these people unto you, and they're not looking after Christ, like we said before, what do you have to give? Mm. Are you clouds with no rain? Oh man, yeah. Did you ever watch SpongeBob when you were a kid? I I did watch SpongeBob. Remember the one where he had the big inflatable arms? We we started a gym trend, and now it's all gym. (laughs) I I was thinking he had like the big pink inflatable arms, and he had like the anchor tattoo on him, and he entered the lifting competition, and he couldn't lift anything, and so his thought was just blow the muscles up even bigger, make them look bigger. There was nothing going on underneath because he hadn't built up the strength, but he it was like faith for fooling. Right. Ooh, we should do a whole like message called Faith for Fooling. That might be kind of cool. You can take it, brother. Triple F. We can talk about what we have heard, but we can minister only what we have walked in. And do we want to be ministers in this world or do we just want to talk about things? I can talk about any subject. I can read about it. I can uh, practice it in my car as I'm driving to the location where I'm going to share it with other people and I can have it memorized. But until I've walked in it, I can't really anointedly minister and help people. So you advertise what you do not have. Now we're at our last one, our last ultimate one. No self-perception in relation to history. You go, wow. This one might be one of my favorite ones. It seems crazy though. It doesn't have a cool tagline. No self-perception in relation to history. Jesus said, woe to you experts in the law and you Pharisees, hypocrites. You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have participated with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So the Pharisees celebrated the Jeremiah's, the Isaiah's, those persecuted prophets who came before and honored them. When Jesus is saying reality, if Jeremiah and Isaiah walked today, you would be the ones persecuting them and you don't even recognize it. Self-awareness is extremely important. I think I have a picture. I'm going to look of what author kind of talked about this subject. Did I save it? I hope I did. You want me to pass the time? If you have something this, to say. This podcast is brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But seriously, New Creation Church, we're super thankful, man. We're yeah. If you look at even our cool logo artwork, on the bottom corner of it, there's the NCC logo. Why? Because what yeah. we're doing here is brought to you completely and totally by New Creation yep. Church and our pastor, Mark Bitlip. So yep. again, if you're enjoying it, 
you'd enjoy church even more in the community it brings. I encourage you to show up on yeah. Sunday. I'm ready. So this is about knowing yourself. And this is a big subject that's been around the Christian world for a very long time. Augustine or Augustine. I don't know what is the proper pronunciation. I'll have to ask him in heaven. Uh, Augustine. Okay. I like Augustine. Augustine. Maybe that's how our friends up yeah. north of the border say it. Yeah. Okay. AD 500. He said this in his book, Confessions. How can you draw close to God when you are so far from your own self? And you're like, okay, well, that was way long ago. He was a Catholic and you really passionate uh, reformed people. Let's look at what John Calvin had to say in 1520. He wrote, our wisdom consists almost entirely of two parts, the knowledge of God and of ourselves. But as these are connected together by many ties, it is not easy to determine which of the two proceeds and gives birth to the other. You might go, really, we just need to know God. You need to know God. And I agree, we do need to go God because our lives are hidden with Christ in God. But also know this, in Corinthians, it says, those that are joined with the Lord are one spirit with him. And we got to process this through ourselves. The mast, not the mast. We're thankful for that. The sails are taking us places. The vast majority of us go to our graves without knowing who we are, without being fully aware of it. We live someone else's life or at least someone else's expectation for us. As a result, we end up doing violence to ourselves in relationship with God and ultimately to others. So these Pharisees had a complete disconnect. And we hear this. I hear this. When you've seen somebody and they go, I would never do that. And many times we've seen those people do, that. do those exact same things, but they're passionate, they're confident, like, oh, no way. And they get what they think is righteously indignant that they would never do certain things. Call me Nathan, because I am that man. That's it. <laughs> and we often, if we aren't conscious about it, we reproduce poor behaviors of our family of origin until we learn and change. Mm. And I'll prove it in the Old Testament. Abraham lied about Sarah. What did Isaac do? Yeah. He lied about Rebecca. Uh-huh. Same exact thing. Said the same exact thing as his father. Isaac had a favorite yeah. child. Who was it? Esau. But then Jacob, guess what? He had a favorite child too, didn't he? Oh, coat of many one? colors. He favored yeah, yeah. him. Jacob was known as being deceitful. Well, what did his sons do? They took the deceit way far. <laughs> And yeah. completely deceived him. It yeah. just got passed on and passed mm. on, passed on. It's, the Bible says in the Old Testament that the sins of the father would repeat for three to four generations. And when you look into the Hebrew, it's not like it's a curse. It means that tend to reproduce themselves. So I heard this and I like it. It said that Jesus is often in our heart, but grandpa's in our bones. <laughs> so the point <laughs> is, is that taking Jesus and driving out intentionally yeah. by self-awareness and recognize those poor habits that are in from our sinful nature and our family of lineage and just nurture, being around people, drive it out. Because if you don't, if you aren't conscious of it, you'll just reproduce it with, without even recognizing it and not live in the fullness of Christ. I'm amazed at how similar I am to my father. And it took really my wife being like, man, you do that just like your dad. And I had never recognized it because there was never anyone this close to me. And I hadn't had the revelation knowledge of, man, I'm just reproducing it. And my dad wouldn't be bothered by this. I'm like my dad in so many great ways, but he doesn't want me to reproduce some ways that I'm like him. And that you have to be aware. The Pharisees weren't self-aware of what they were doing. And Jesus was like, man, you should recognize where you came from 
and where you are in relation to right now. And you could change it. Yeah. All right. Those are my points. Those are great. Uh, man, don't fall into legalism. What it's I a found out is I think I'm a secret Sadducee to a degree. We all are to it. And it's a, it's a poor <sighs> substitute. It's yeah. not a Coke zero. It's no, a diet it, beverage. Yeah. It's, it's, it's margarine. It's margarine. And what's the difference between some of these poor substitutes? At first they taste okay. But then at the end, you're left with a nasty aftertaste. You can have great morals, but at the end of those moral encounters that you have with people, have you ever noticed someone who's just self-righteous? You just are left like, yeah. that ain't love. That's I know. gnarly. It's That's like nasty. literally the content of what you said, I agree with, but the whole uh, presentation, how I feel afterwards. Tainted. <laughs> this is tainted. All right. I've spent long All right. enough. My wisdom of the day. Is what you said, I don't remember which point it was, it was towards the end, but you made that whole, you, you literally talked about faith for fooling. Our faith is more than just for fooling people. That's all about your perception, how people perceive you. Yeah. That um, was from the work from the outside instead of the inside yeah, out. That one, I like that one because sometimes, I mean, I'm even guilty of this. You study up on a subject to present it, which isn't wrong, but if it's not getting in your heart, you, the only reason you're studying it is to sound good or to sound educated on a subject. And I've, I've been guilty of that a lot of times, um, you know, cause you care about what people think you want to sound smart. You want to, but it's kind of, it's kind of fooling people because that leads into advertising what you don't have. That was another, if you don't have true revelation on a subject, but you study it to just say something to somebody, I mean, you know, if they receive it, God bless them. It's going to, it's going to impact their lives, but you're left not growing. But um, just, I got to, I got to chew on that for a little bit. And I'm going to mention the last one, no self-perception in relation to history. I think that one's one I just need to work on, man. I've been told so many times, you are a clone of your father. And many times I'm stoked about that. But then also I know the best way I can honor my father is to outgrow some of the things that have yeah. plagued our lineage. And I know by the blood of Christ, I can do it and I can take the Pichinati name farther. So yeah. praise God. Amen. We are moving from being a secret Sadducee and a practicing Pharisee into the fullness of Christ. We're not settling for the diet aspartame aftertaste. <laughs> We're moving Glory. in to tasting and seeing that the Lord's good and demonstrating it to people. I'll pray us out of this podcast. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for uh, the hard words of Jesus. And we could laugh and we could process and we could chew on it. Father God, I pray that we'd be doers of these words and take the warnings and the woes. We would slow down. We would become self-aware and we would apply your spirit and your new nature to us. And we would move from these things into true righteousness by faith. In Jesus name, amen. Amen. All right, that's all. That's all, folks. Uh, whatever time of the day you're listening to this at, I pray that the rest of your day after this podcast is blessed. And we'll catch you next time on the Sewing and Growing Podcast with J&J. &J.